Yo, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Rugby for Heroes. Rugby for Heroes is a not-for-profit organisation that organise fundraising activities to raise money for military charities. They've been going for over 10 years and in that 10 years, over that 10 years, they've raised in excess of £100,000 and their next event is on the 23rd of November. It is a military veterans invitational rugby match versus the Old Lemontonian RFC veterans. Um, that will kick off will be around about one o'clock at Old Lemontonian's RFC in beautiful Warwickshire. Um, that event and all the other events are organized by the people behind Rugby for Heroes, a group of men and women who are keen beer and beer drinkers and rugby players. Again, from a, a vast array of backgrounds, predominantly ex-military, but not exclusively, and they set up Rugby for Heroes in the memory of Private Joe Whitaker, who was a paratrooper and was unfortunately killed in Afghanistan. So, to find out more about Team... No... To find out more about Rugby for Heroes, you can go to rugbyforheroes.org or rugby number four heroes on social media Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, they're on it all. Um, easy peasy. Thank you to those guys for sponsoring the podcast. And I hope I will see you if you're listening. I will hope I will see you on the 23rd of November at the next event. All the Mentorians RFC. I'll be playing rugby. Please come along and support. Also, sponsoring the podcast today are. Westway Nissan. Westway Nissan are the UK's largest Nissan dealership. They are my favourite Nissan dealership. They're my favourite car dealership of any of the dealerships. Uh, they are my favourite because I drive a Westway vehicle. And when that Westway vehicle needs servicing or needs a new MOT, I take it in and they give me a nice courtesy car. And like the last car I got was a, an electric Nissan Leaf, which took me by surprise as to how pleasurable it was to drive and even more pleasurable on my wallet it quartered my fuel costs for the three day they had it quartered it so i am looking at getting myself an electric vehicle and i will be getting it from westway fingers crossed westway nissan are huge supporters of the, of the military obviously because they're sponsoring this podcast but also because they have, they have military in the ranks in the very top. The managing director, uh, Tony Lewis, is a, a previous guest on the podcast. You may have heard his podcast. He is the managing director of Westway Nissan. And he and Westway like to give military folk serving or X, they like to give them up to a 20% discount off purchases of vehicles. So if you need a new vehicle, thinking about buying a new car, go to Westway Nissan. If you're ex-military, you could get up to 20% off. Or if you're still serving even. Um, they do private and commercial type vehicles. They do purchase, obviously, and they also do lease. Loads of options with them. So get across to westwaynissan.co.uk or westwaynissan on social media. Check out what they've got. That's it. Onto the podcast. Johnny Mortimer Hendry, or Johnny MH to his mates. Uh, former officer in the Parachute Regiment. Uh, he's now flying solo in his own business and he 
is a keen fundraiser for military charities. He's also an exceedingly good-looking man. So if you're listening to this, you may want to switch over to YouTube and get uh, and get some eye pleasure. My name's Hugh Kier. This is HR Podcast with Johnny MH. Enjoy. Yeah, so, so I was kind of institutionalised from a very young age. Uh, I don't see that as a, a negative. Uh, indeed, it gives you a huge amount of independence and it teaches you very early on to to work with people and deal with different people, you know, because your bed spaces are right next to each other, you're living with them 24-7. You've literally got no choice but to, to get on or find a way of, of you know, working things out. Um, weirdly enough, in my dorm when I was eight years old, there were four guys in there three of us joined the military. Oh, really? Um, yeah, take, take from that what you will. Um, and then, yeah, went to went to uh, another school near Peterborough um, and was there from sort of 13 to, to 18, did A-levels, um, and was meant to go to university. My school was quite academic and it was like, right, you know, you're all going to university. Um, but I just thought, well, it, you know, I, I can't, I don't, I think if I go to university, it would be a bad thing. I think I'd get I get distracted very easily by things that most blokes get distracted by, <laughs> and it's probably best if I'm you know channeled in the right way. Um, so yeah, did an army scholarship when I was like sixteen. Went down to Limpston, did that. So I had a place at both um, uh, services, and um, I then broke my leg playing rugby and I had to have metalwork put in. So I was delayed. So, you know, everything happens for a reason. I really believe that. And, you know, I left school and I was meant to go straight down to Santos or Limpston and broke my leg. So there was a delay. I had to go back and like do the medical. And, you know, it, as we all know, that is a long winded process. Um, and so, yeah, went back to like Limpston, went back to Sandhurst, and did the medical. And Sandhurst turned around and said, Well, you can come in January. And Limpston said, Come in the summer. And I was like, Well, I'll, I'll go to Sandhurst then <laughs> and that's literally how it fell um, and yeah went to Sandhurst I was one of the youngest in the intake you oh, know, yeah. uh, 20 um, and uh, I didn't help myself because I turned up the first day I was actually sponsored by another unit and turned up on the first day and uh, they said right what you know, what regiment do you want to join who are your choices and obviously I put the power reg top one and my platoon commander was from the from the unit who I'd been sponsored by. So oh. that went down pretty well. Who was the unit? Grandig Oz. <laughs> <laughs> you love the guards. Yeah. Um, <laughs> love the guards. And uh, <laughs> Fuck that. Man. Yeah. So he Imagine just, that. He just, I was just like oh in his crosshairs. Um, and also, you know, people that put that down invariably don't get to the end. I think we had, you know, 30, 40 guys on the, on the sort of open day go yell and join Power Edge and then you go on you know you go on exercise and I joined in January so you go on exercise in like in January in uh, in Wales suddenly no one wants to be in the infantry anymore <laughs> so it was a yeah it was a good, a good gut test um, and then yeah I was you know I went through Sandhurst so I was lucky enough to get a place um, and uh, yeah it all got 
quite real quite quickly. Um, the, the opening brief when we first went down Sandhurst, you know, you all get chucked in the chapel. And uh, well, this was when oh eight. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, just, it's, it's a highly campaign, mate. Afghan, yeah. yeah. So everyone's like an Iraq. An Iraq was yeah, still yeah. And So you've yeah, got you've got colour men, colour sergeants. Yeah, mate. Being like, it's not a fucking question of if, it's when. Like you are all going to war, Iraq or Afghanistan, when you leave this academy. Blokes are getting issued desi kit in the final intake. Really? Yeah, yeah. And we had a booster intake, so I think it's a lot smaller now, and obviously it's very different, very different time, but. At that time, like it was a massive, like three companies, three boosted platoons with like BCRs and like, it, like there was a, it was a surge. Yeah. So we were all there, and obviously the competition was like right. Because yeah. everyone's like, I'm going on tour. I want to be with this unit. I want, who's the next unit going on tour? So that's what everyone was trying ah, to do. Mate, ah, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, and it was like you know, uh, a fantastic environment to be in. Um, but I was well aware that I was 20 years old and I want John the Reg and so did 40 other blokes and I didn't stand a fucking chance in hell um, but you know I was alright at Fizz and you know I was alright on the academic side so I kind of you know got a place very much like we've got our, our eye on you mate like you know you're going to have to deliver and I remember in like the Reg um, the board so every other unit you know you turn up to the board and they literally pass you a beer or champagne go welcome to the club the reg one you turn up mate it's a massive room you're at one end and there's like four colonels and above the other side just for the interview you yeah 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 the, uh, the commissioning board so after you've proven yourself in, in well i did it in the final intake at santa okay. i think it's now middle okay um but it's right at the end so you know it, and like i think it's a couple of months before you commission so when you did it, just for mm. people listening yeah. or watching, so you you go into Sanders, you got your physical test, you got your mental test, all that, all, everything goes with Sanders, and then at the end, the unit, the unit you select is your primary choice. Yeah, you whittle it down to three. Three, okay. Um, and do they do all three of them interview you then? I think you get then go down to two. I seem right. to remember. Right. So you right. go into interview for two of them, um, and yeah, I had another unit as as a choice, and then. And Dude, then, um, I don't want to know. You have to have a backup, mate. You have to. You can't have one, two, and three. <laughs> you keep going it's on not about okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I get to the reg board, and obviously, you're so nervous. Like, absolutely breaking it. And, you know, you're wearing like a, a stife, you know, a suit, and it's just so awkward. You're in twos? No, no, no. You, you're wearing a Sevy suit, okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, you go in and sat down, and, yeah, they're just like good cop, bad copping you. But is it vocational, or what? What kind of interview is it? It's what kind uh, of interview can it be to get into the military? <laughs> I well, into the regiment. I, I mean, I can't. I, if you ask me, like the base what they, I can't remember. But I remember some questions being, you know, the reg have been on two tours of Afghanistan. Um, how do you think you can motivate and inspire, you know, battle-hardened paratroopers? You're 20 years old. Right, got you. You know, yeah, yeah. who the fuck do you think you are kind of thing? Fair point. Fair point, Your Honour. <laughs> Listen to this, right? I, sorry, sorry to interrupt you. I rocked up on the third tour. Went out to the advance party. We 13. Yeah, yeah, 13. Yeah, um, Rocked the advance party. Went out there. Um, we were embedded with... We were taking over... The Anglians, I think it was the Anglians, mm. taking over the Anglians. You were over Nadi Ali. Nad North. Yeah. Nad North, yeah. This is in Kamar, 
Okay. Yeah, yeah. Sit, sit down, have a scarf. You know, the bloody field kitchen thing. Sit down, yeah. have a scarf. I'm sat with a bunch of Anglians, looking around, and there's a there's a lad in front of me, and he looked about 18 years old. He was the youngest looking guy there, and I, we were all chatting. I said, um, I can't remember what I asked him, but he said oh, he replied. I must have his name. He replied with, "I, oh, Mister such and such." Yeah, so I missed a, I don't know, Smith or whatever. I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Cheers you know what Rachel looks like an officer. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's myself. All the hangers like, I can have it for sorry, mate. So he looked like 18. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't yeah, believe yeah. it. I did like pasty as well. Been out there for six months. Yeah. I'd moved it. Sorry, I can. Well, we took over from the Anglins on uh, SARS 2 Pack over right. in uh, PB1. The eastern flank. Go south of Price. Ness. Ness south. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Babaji area. Yeah. Um, I can imagine what a young looking We'll get on to that. Yeah. Um, so I joined with another like young team commander as well. And we both went to Tupac. But um yeah, just that that um uh, that broadmate was savage. Fucking savage. And I just I've I've never been less confident of myself ever in front of people. Really? I was just like they have banged me to rights here, they know that I'm <laughs> bluffing it, they know that I'm chancing my arm to get into the parachute regiment. I was like, I don't have any response really. I mean, you know, this is who I am. This is what I want to do. They then did a bit of Reggie history. I was fine on that. Um, then, you know, they'd ask you a question and I'd just go, I'd do the typical thing. They'd be like, so tell me about, you know, Goose Green, what happened? And instead of going, this happened, this happened, this happened, and the end state was this. I went right so basically they all turned out and literally dug myself a hole um, yeah like the classic like I've got all the knowledge I'm going to tell you everything and they just hammered me um, so that was a lovely little entrance to the range but here's a question for you yeah so how do you how, how do you how how would you motivate I'm not I'm, this is a rhetorical question how yeah. would you motivate soldiers who battle hard like that um, when you are Bakshi not Bakshi Two yeah, yeah. rocket with no experience. Yeah. I, from, I mean, the way I see it, the best, the best. What Chun commanders always have been Joe bags when he first rock up, regardless of Afghan or Afghan or whatever. Yeah, and they're stepping as you know, well as you well know, he's stepping into the tomb with even from the top up. There's also more. Yeah. Time um, it's got to be a case of correct me if I'm wrong. You like anything. Be confident. Be confident in what your own abilities are. Be confident in your training. Go in there and appear confident. Yeah. And, and but. But measure that with not cocky bastard. Yeah, yeah. And, and take on the and the invite. Well, you must have seen it between commanders. Well, the, you know the beauty of you no. Know, so far, fast forward. You know, you go and do Brecken, and then you and I love Brecken because it's so, it, 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 it's just, yeah, Brecken. it's just yeah, the infantry yeah. between commanders. So everyone yeah. is of a quality of who wants to be in the field. So you're all of a better, you know, and. and yeah, we are all deploying like as well. So some lads are doing it. That's a kit in Wales in January because <laughs> they're like, "Here's all your kit and everything else." So you're doing that. Nothing quite sharpens the mind, you know. And obviously, you're seeing the papers, and you know, people forget now. You know, ten years ago, it was in the fucking news the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you just belt fed that, and obviously, you're highly tuned to it as well. So did Brecken, did P Company, finished P Company, went down to Colchester, threw my grip bag in a room. Got on a transport, went down to Bryce Norton, got on an 18 hour flight to the Falklands. No wings, mate, one pip. Brilliant. Hadn't met the blokes. Turn up, Mount Pleasant Airfield. Uh, right, MH, you are taking your platoon plus, so support company elements as well, going to Onion Rangers. Um, and uh, basically, you're going to do like live, or basically from section all the way up to platoon, live firing for the next two weeks. In the middle of winter, 
on onion rings and the Falklands. Day one. Day one. <laughs> and and the best best of all, mate, there's no lifters because the clags in, so you're gonna tap in. <laughs> Fuck. Twenty mile tap. Jen. Honestly. Oh, yeah, honestly, that is the gut check and a half. We had to carry half skirt, like basically ammo for yeah. section plus, and then it was getting lifted in later on, driven in by water. So my first detail was right. Here's your platoon. No, my platoons aren't not even turned up. Here are your screws. Here are like you know snipes and heavy weapons section commanders. Get around a map and go figure it out. And that's all my OC said to me. Um, which was the best thing to do, by the way. And um, basically got the map out. I was like, you know, proper breckening. Like, right, I want you to do this. And they're like, sir, just, or well, not even that, is it? It's just our boss, just, you know, we'll just take it as like a long snake. We don't, it's not tactical, it's non tack. And like, this is going to be hard graft. Fuck me, was that hard graft? Um, and the flag properly came in. And, and as you, so for Onion, you've been down there you go over a massive ridge and then come into the valley but it's covered in snow and we got in a boulder field very quickly boulder field with heavy, heavy weapons kit it was honestly one of the most emotional things I've ever done and because I was like right I've got this is shit I've got to be the front man like literally my fucking legs are about the size of that so I'm like <laughs> knees to chest trying to like wade through the uh, thing and then all of a sudden you're on your ass because you're in a boulder field and there yeah. are gaps in it you know, and so everyone's getting strung out, licked, more and more licked. And, you know, I then, and it's interesting what you say about confidence and, and borderline arrogance. Um, GPS went down, comms went down. We couldn't do, GPS. couldn't do the skeds, mate, everything, like literally. Oh, fucking GPS. There's non tag. Oh, it was Map and Compass again. Well, no, I didn't, it, didn't, it, it didn't matter. It didn't matter because it then went to Map and Compass. So I was literally on a bearing and, you know, private whoever was, uh, fuck me, it was Carl Marshall, actually. Carl Marshall was, was the oh, young... Who's now son. no longer with us? Yeah, he's no, he okay. was killed in 13. Was uh, uh, one of the Toms and he was like, fucking hell, all right. So he was just like, I'll crack on and do it. Um, and he was like the point man and then we were literally like right Marshall get to that point and then we'll march to you and then we'll set you another grim one and I sort of I was turning to my section commander and I was just like am I fucking getting this wrong because I really feel like I fucked it up and he went boss honestly no one can do anything now like we've just got to get through it make dark like everything Boulder Hill oh my god yeah like from hell and then I was like, okay, at least the blokes are still with me. And literally, as soon as I thought that, I hear, fuck it out, right, fuck it. Like, the proper chuntering started. Oh. And I get support company, black t-shirt gang, like, literally tabbing right up to me. <laughs> Jen, I thought I was going to get banged out. And they were like, don't care what you're about to say. I'm not fucking interested. We're battering up here and we're doing it in the morning. And I was like, you're fucking not. I'm not, we're not just battering up on top of a mountain in the middle of the Falklands with no fucking comms and there's snow on the ground and there's another snowstorm coming in so that's when you sort of have to just go I'll, I'll back myself here Yeah. you kind of do have to listen to me but I want you to understand why I'm telling you this they eventually came round to what I was saying to them um, and support yeah. company you're easily snappable oh, easily mate. snappable well you know I wonder what it's like in non-pyred units if it's the same gotta be the same You've got to, because they're also second tour lads, aren't they? So they've done their time as a graph, oh, yeah. a rifle company. 
you know, and I had the privilege of uh, OC three paramotors. So I know the mentality very well. Um, and I'm a huge fan, but at that point I felt hiding, you know, I, there was no, there was nowhere to hide. And I think that was a really important lesson for my career in the reg, which was don't ever, don't ever mis misconstrued your confidence with arrogance, be transparent, be open, but ultimately you're firm with the blokes. If you believe that as a right course of action, and if you have taken the right, uh, in, you know, you've consulted your con trusted advisors. Uh, which is what I used to call the NC, you know, the corporals and everything. If you've consulted your trust advisor and they're saying, boss, it's the right course of action, you need to fucking hammer it through. It's as simple as that. And, you know, I, I was then, you know, much later on, you know, when you're in Afghan and shit's going really wrong and you have to be like, this is bad. It's, it can get very worse if we don't now just listen to what I need to tell you to do and you fucking do it. Um, so yeah, I mean that's sort of why you're in the position, and you know why you why you wear the rank. Mm. But never misconstrued that with you know you are God's gift, and never. And I think the reg is a lovely environment where, if you ever cross the line, you are fucking snapped back down very yeah, quickly. Chewed up the spot out. Yeah. yeah, chewed up the spot out. Yeah, yeah. It's a difficult relationship to manage that with the NCO, with the, with the NCOs, with um all. So from my from my perspective with the snipers mm. um, was you, you need to because there's so much experience there it's slightly different because I was more experienced than them when I was either when I had a section or when I was one of the two for the brief time that I did there's a lot of experience there and I used to try I somehow I managed to balance with this is most apparent on the tours when I was operating the section where I'd have a Chinese, it'd be a Chinese parliament because it all, well, actually, first of all, no, they hadn't all, they weren't all like, with the full experience because we ended up with eight or nine, Quite sharp eight or nine blokes. Well. No. What, just rifle? <coughs> on the 06 tour, we needed more people. Why you chuck them the. They turned up from depot. Some of them been there for a few months, maybe, yeah. and they got chucked into snipers. Few months in the had, army, and you haven't had time to nothing, nothing. How did that roll out at all? Well, this is one of the first. This is the first time I realised, and this is again I carried through me throughout. Is mm. that there is some, everyone is good at something? Mm. No, I, I'm going to rephrase that. Everyone's got everyone something. To bring has something to the party. Yes, everyone has got something to bring to the party. Mm. It's not always a skill. Okay, it can be an element of the personality. Yeah. You know. And then some of those guys, some of them are fucking some of them were average or less than average than what you what you expect them to be at certain things, right? Mm. And they I don't envy the position they were in. Going to snipers, like going to like going to mortar straight from depot yeah. or anything in support company. Because um, obviously three power snipers is not support company in, in non reg units, snipers are support company. Okay. Most 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 non reg units. Mm. Use my words carefully. Uh, most hat units are. Uh, <laughs> are um, we can say it here, but you're uh, uh, ten uh, listeners. Uh, first time I've ever said on the podcast. Normally again. <laughs> first time that word is ever used. It was a yeah. uh, Welsh guard calling himself it. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I didn't call. I, I didn't say it. anyway. I so know. yeah, everyone has something to bring to the party, yeah. and uh, all those guys came. So I went on to become snipers later on. on in between the, that tour and the other one and the next one and some of them you know, 
with LNG gonna you just there was something they were good at mm. yeah, everyone has something when, when, when your hand is forced yeah. to deal exactly like you said like in Sanders oh in fact in, in your in school mm. when, you're, when you're in boarding school when your hand is forced to have to live and breathe people that you haven't got the choice mm. you, your hand is forced to them you, you see people in a different way Mm. That's yeah, why I yeah. think, the, you, and you can appreciate them, and you learn to cope with people better. You learn to bring out the best in them, you learn to bring out the best in you. It's, it's, a, it's a really interesting environment. That's one of the reasons why I think that, you know, veterans have a lot to bring to Civic Street in terms of yeah. jobs, and why they are so well accepted when they into teams and and because uh, they know they know what it's like to form teams and be part of a team as well, and you know without sort of labouring it, I think from a anthropological perspective it's, it's fascinating you know most of my time the reason I love the reg is because there's such a cross section of people but all all you know galvanized by the esprit de corps of what the reg is about and fundamentally when it comes down to it you're you're most terrified about letting your cap badge and your mates down that's what it comes down to and I think you know bringing that together and, and forming it and moulding it is is an incredible thing that the British Army has through their tribal regimental system. Other other countries don't have that, and people sometimes forget. You know, you don't think? Certainly not the way that we do. It's so it's it's, but it but it's you know it's indicative of the country that we live in. Going to say because you go man. twenty minutes down the road and someone sounds completely different to what they do up the road. You know the accents and like the whole. You know different cultural things when you go out of london you know and actually experience what the rest of the country has to offer it's it's, it's incredibly idiosyncratic to certain regions yeah um <clears throat> and i think you know you see that coming through you know, in the army when you kind of see it on mass very quickly mm. see yeah, that's good that's what's asking about the cultural thing or not it's interesting i went to arnhem for the 75th mm. and i bumped into a i say i bumped into i met for the first fucking time uh an ex-reg guy called al Packer, Al, Al. Is that Jenny's name? Al Packer. Did he, did, he, did he turn up with Can't a llama? Be. That's what it is on Facebook. It's Al. It's not Al Packer. It's something with Al Llama. A, <laughs> Al Packer. Anyway, it's it's Al something, right? And um, he he recognised me off the podcast. Funny enough, face for radio, mate. Yeah, face for radio. <laughs> uh, he lives in Australia now, but mm. we were chatting, and um, he did a. I mean, he's a, he's a lot older than us. He did a study for his degree. I can't remember what job he does now. But he basically did a study. You get, and he sent me his dissertation. Or whatever it was. This wasn't a dissertation. He sent me something to study he did. Yeah. And it was, a, it was all around uh, camaraderie. Mm. And it was it was a study on camaraderie in construction and the impact of it. Yeah. And the construction was chosen because it was like the, the ne- it, it's next closest thing that exists in that strong camaraderie to the military. Yeah. And and nice it's I'm, yeah, he said it to me. I'm, I'm about a third of the way through. It's really fucking yeah, interesting. Yeah. Really no, that's really worth the read. Because yeah. obviously it's camaraderie's not it's military, it's cross industry, it's a strong yeah, yeah. Than most, yeah. but it's, it is interesting. And, and, and sort of um what has been very apparent is I guess, you know, when we were in we sort of saw this rise of social media and how that influences a lot of things. And I know that we're new converts. Like I was, to be honest, like I didn't really get why people would just overshare on Instagram and social media and everything. 
So they do. It is addictive. Yeah, they put a lot of But, I mean, you know, what I did earlier in the year proved it to me. I was like, this can be, because I was, I was very negative on it, but this can be used as a force for good. Are you on about the marathon? Yeah. Um, hey, you went, you, you got a few followers off the back of that, didn't you? <laughs> You have not got a face for radio. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know. It just sort of gathered momentum, didn't it? I think the, the problem is, uh, and people are going to fucking hate me now, but I, you know, loads of people do marathons. And I was like, why the fuck are you doing marathon? Like, it's just, you know, it's just running. Oh, well, you know, it's just running. Why don't you do it? So I threw my hat in the ring to get a place. And I got a place. First, you know, one shot, one kill. Got a ballot place. So I didn't have to go through a charity. So then I was like, well, I need to do it for a charity. I need to do it for a purpose. You know, who should I do it for? And I was like, well, actually support our parents like, means a lot to me personally. And I know that it means a lot to guys that I know very well. You know, it's helped me out. It's helped guys I know. Help me out, yeah. And, you know, yeah. Um, and, you know, that is something that I can passionately like, drive for. Um, so dropped them a line and said right I'm going to raise money for you and they were like okay you need a social media platform and I was like just do Instagram and I then basically banged up a, a photo with this is why I'm doing it you know I've, I've done a few tours and came back and was yeah. that the you on the ground you you in, in Afghan yeah, yeah 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 rent a tent uh, <laughs> and um, rent a tent yeah <laughs> And uh, yeah, and then just a lot of people got in comms and said, "Oh, that's mega that you're doing it," and uh, you know, let us know how we donate. So, so basically, the process was drive people to the Instagram page as a funnel, direct them to the link, just giving, go on the link, you know, go for your life, mate. Fifteen and a half grand. It's like converting followers into people, and like I'm like I was honestly. I couldn't believe it but these are people so I'd say 80% of the people I've never met in my life have donated yeah but like Instagram mate that is it's pictures for a reason right you are good at photos mate so, <laughs> I didn't take the photo <laughs> no, no, no. it's one of those photos one is Afghan it's a fucking mega fop like and you were not doghead right so, <laughs> do you know what I mean mate don't slag doghead off <laughs> probably listening <laughs> That just draws it in. People love it, and then, as yeah. soon as you got that, boom! What's this? And then you're reading it, you, you got them. Yeah. How many? What? What was the jet? What was the agenda breakdown? Of the, of the <laughs> I don't know about that. You must have the. You must have your your. You got the accounts on your phone. How do if you go on insights, it'll tell you what? how many. You, the gender. It will tell you how many people are following you, male. How many are female? Shut up! I'm telling you, mate. Mate, I, I don't know. We'll have a look after. Oh, okay. I'm intrigued. I'm going to say. I'm going to say right. <laughs> Well, I'm going to some... go for. I'm going to go. I'm going to go high. I reckon the your female following is at least thirty five. About a multiple team. Thirty five. Wow. Yeah. Thirty five percent. They, 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 they're non-binary. Yeah. True story. Um, yeah. Well, anyway, it worked. What time did you get in the marathon? Three twenty-eight. Pretty good. Which is a course record for body armor. So I, oh, I, you I, did I ran it in body armor, didn't you? Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yes. So, so basically, I. I said, oh, I've got a place in the marathon. Invariably, I told, you know, mates I served with, and they went, well, anyone can fucking run a marathon. <laughs> yeah. And I said, right, 
well, I'm not doing it with Bergen because that's done so many times before. I was like, actually, there can be a bit of a message around here. So, if, you know, every time you deploy, you wear body armor. But, you know, that protects you from bombs and bullets, but nothing protects your mind. You know, and that's what I'm raising money for, and that's what I'm raising awareness for is uh, the mental health. And there is there is an important uh, point here about you know, people think veterans and guys that go on tour are mad, bad, or sad. I don't think that's a trick. I think I think people have been in abnormal situations, and they are reacting normally to them. And the more people are able to talk about that, rather than you know, and we and we've seen a surge in, in lads topping themselves. And it's it's fucking horrendous. And you know, if if a couple of guys have spoken up because of some idiot running around a marathon with body armor on, then fucking great. That's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it's just you know, I've as I'm sure you have, you know, you you've seen the back end of it, like myself as well. Like you know, I, I was in a fucking shit situation when I was still in. Um, and I didn't know how to deal with it and then yeah, it kind of lapsed when I left as well and then sort of got a grip of it through support our parents kind of helping me out Yeah. and you know if I could kind of preach that message to everyone who I was with and, and future and everything else of listen you don't have to just you know stand there and, and take it like you can speak to people um, and, you, and you need to talk about it it's as simple as that and it, it, it's not you know sitting in a hospital cubicle like telling a doctor that you feel a bit sad and you drink too much no shit it's about you know putting things in place and, and being proactive about how you're going to help yourself there's so many so much stigma around it mate. it's like even just saying there you, know, you, need, to, you need to talk about it when, when someone hears that like, you need to talk about it oh can I look have a cry on my shoulder no, yeah, no it's yeah. not, not like that like this is exactly what that that means okay so and this is maybe it's the same reason why the podcast is if, if conversation like this happen mm. other people who in our peer group or above or below us who are like fucking fucking 100% they're more likely to be at the very least more aware of themselves right and then, yeah I was at uh, an event at HR4K you seen it yeah have you been down there I saw you there have you been uh, oh fuck yeah, <laughs> oh yeah that's <laughs> 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 we spoke about the podcast Jesus Christ <laughs> yeah. right so there and Herbie Hydrock yeah, yeah. Right. Well, I know Herb from Morton. Okay, so Herbie. Are we mentioning up. names on this? <laughs> I, I'm happy I mentioned Herb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure you mentioned You won't mind. Uh, I, that's why I, I actually thought about 30 seconds ago that I mentioned his name okay. or not. Um, and he, I I don't know him very well. I didn't know him very well when I was in. We were, we were not friends, you know, we were fucking colleagues as yeah. colleagues. How much did you get in the military? And um, hey, Ginger's got to unite. <laughs> and he saw it HR four K the fucking hell. but we'd all, we'd been talking about getting him on the podcast because of all the stuff he's doing. Yeah, he's so doing yeah, amazing Jesus stuff. Mental. Um anyway, so he rocks up and fucking hell Herbie. I haven't seen him in since I left. Yeah. yeah. In fact that was one of the last time I saw him when I was in. It could have been three years before I left, you know? And uh, I said, oh, mate, how's tricks? Uh, how are you doing? And he didn't say, Yeah, yeah, Mega mate, yeah. He said not that great at the minute, mate. Not not that great. And then and then Oh, well, why not? And we we had we had a conversation, mm. but he wasn't whinging. He was just being honest. Yeah. And we had a conversation. I like when he said it to me. I, I inside I was like fucking smiling. Well, that was fucking mega. Yeah, yeah. That was mega because he wouldn't. I doubt he would go and speak to someone who was serving like that. 
he probably was only able to come was able to talk that to me because he's heard me talking about it or mm. guests talking about it I thought that's fucking mega and he's still in yeah. and if he's happy to say that and be honest and we had a chat about what the dramas were yeah, you know? yeah. Um, then that, that means things are going in the right way without people losing their flipping hard on you know yeah, without yeah, people yeah. losing their masculinity or thinking they are but I don't, but I, I you know and I'd, I'd really challenge that you know A type individual kind of um, you know, masculine like I'm in the reg and nothing's going to hurt me that, that's what will fuck you like that, that that's the thing and you know Irby's a big lad as well and you know physically and, and now mentally yeah and uh, yeah it's funny because now obviously he's an ultramarathon runner and incredibly fit and fucking hell like he, he does some miles and he's done an incredible you know and he's been very open and I think it's it's very inspiring and supportive to a lot of people past and present but it's, it's looked at the wrong way though John right so it's not looked at the wrong way it's like <clears throat> it is looked at the wrong way but it, it that that uh, I'm mega I'm untouchable attitude I've got I've got time for that right mm. I've got time for thinking that um, I used to be like that uh, I wish I had it back but I, I wish I had it back but with the caveat that underlying knowing that I'm not <laughs> you want yeah. on the surface right but from the mental perspective it's I mean look at the physical state you keep yourself fit you keep yourself training hard you want to be as physically fit as you can you you stretch some blokes do yoga pilates you go in the gym they, they you know they, they keep themselves physically fit right and that makes them more capable physically and and mentally it makes them much more capable than your average average flipping human being right yeah do the same with the mind it's exactly the same thing with the yeah, mind yeah. you know when you see a when you when you when you have an injury, you don't think oh, you don't call it. It's not an illness. One of, I mean, one of the things I've been thinking about is how about changing from mental illness to mental injury? Yeah, yeah. And then the term injury means it's fixable and is shorter term than what you may think. Illness things like fuck, you know. Yeah, yeah. you know. I, th- I think that's a whole train the mind. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, th- I think you know the, the point is that um, it's very far away from being seen as you know a physical injury and something that you should go and have dealt with. Mm because yeah and I, I'm not I'm certainly not saying because you know, I think it's tough ass you know everyone should should just like start you know wearing the heart on the sleeve because a lot of people aren't like that no. and, and, I, and I wouldn't I certainly wouldn't say that but I think that mate the amount of times and especially with me sort of sticking my hand up and saying listen I've had dramas I've gone to see people about it I still fucking see someone about it every week the point is that you know I have lads and it always happens like this Blokes I've served with, ain't they? All right, boss, how you doing? Yeah, yeah, good, man. I've been through ages. How you been getting on? Normally through Instabook. Um, you've been getting on, and I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm all right. How are you, mate? Um, yeah, yeah, no, I'm all right. And then you don't hear from them. And then suddenly they come back, like, a few days later. So um, do you ever get, like, dramas mentally, like? And I'm like, right, fucking hell. And then normally on a Sunday evening, I'll get a call. Oh, really? Yeah. Get a call. And it will be, all right, boss, yeah, I just thought I'd give you a call. All right, what's going on? Then just fucking tears, mate. Really? Yeah. And yet, I've had a few blokes now, because I live outside college. There's a few blokes now who have done that, and I'm like, drop your fucking pen. I'm in the car. I'll go around and sit. And then I'll be like, right, you need to speak to this person. This is how you're going to get help. Luckily, you're in Colchester, so support our powers. Um, 
and that's why it's a fantastic charity. But you know, it's it's we fucking looked after each other in uniform. Why the fuck are we not doing it now? And that and, and it goes yeah, but it goes back to mate, I left. I left the reg. I had a I had an awesome time in the reg. I served in all three battalions, and I I basically didn't have to do an adult job. I was a platoon commander all the way through. It was it was awesome. And as soon as someone was like, oh, by the way, I mean, you need to be able to find a desk now. I was like, nah, see you later. I'm out. Um, but I kind of felt the door slam behind me. And that's not any slight on Italian regiment or the army. That's just how it is. Because, you know, you, like anyone, if they're out the team, then the team's got to move on. And if you're not playing in the game, then we can't focus on you. So we've got to keep moving. And I completely get that but there should be a better network outside to support people. So I left and I, like all good uh, things, was in a pub with a Hereford Paul bootneck and, and me. And uh, we basically formed the Airborne Business Group, which was, oh, I heard that. we'll get all of those individuals in one room and we'll get a load of business leaders and we'll just make a network because business leaders want to get, you know, highly capable individuals. Let's face it, not for you know, six figures who are driven, determined and will learn. And yes, they don't have the city experience, but they will get there. And actually when they get to the management level, they'll fucking nail it. And they're very adaptable mm -hmm. because, you know, the, what I found in my sort of civic career is people go, oh, you're in the military. Oh, are you able to learn new things? You're like, I fucking learn new things in the <laughs> army every single day. I'm on a two year rotation. Every two years you're doing something else. And you have to be the SME in it as soon as you move. Yeah. It's like, oh, you're now OC Mortars. Brilliant. You're an expert in mortars. You know, you're in the CO's tack. And he's like, uh, MH, uh, right. So we've got more line here, here, and here. Uh, what's the uh, maximum range and all this stuff? And you're like, <laughs> you know, and with the blokes, like, you know, you're on the mortar line and lads are doing, you know, you're doing a, a, a full like, fire plan and, you know, you expect to cut the mustard. So you're very adaptable and you're able to change and adapt uh, and move on. Um, so, so you know, I kind of built that network, and that was really great. But it was all non-profit, and um, it sort of built my network exponentially. And I really saw the power of networking. If there's one bit of advice I'd give to someone leaving the military, it's learn how to network and do it fucking well. Bit pesty. Everyone thinks they're good at Excel when they leave the military because they've done you know flight manifests and stuff like that. You don't know anything. Get good at Excel. Get good at date person you saw what you spoke about and when you next see them even color code it so if you haven't updated in a couple of weeks it goes red all of those sort of things just doing the basics well following up with people everything else that's what i did and and it it, it just grows and people see that you're actually a capable individual and then they take you more seriously hopefully i'm still working on that <laughs> um but um yeah and, and all that sort of thing so so i still like deal with people who are leaving and transitioning as and when, um, but you know, I find that I find it really important. I think it's really important. You know, there there are a lot of officers and NCOs and, and you know blokes that leave, and you know they just need the heads up on, on what to expect because it's not easy. No, it's not. and it takes a long time for it to get out of your system. <clears throat> yeah, I think a lot of the problem, we're, not a lot of problem, a lot of uh, you get a you get a high percentage of. You get a high percentage of people who fucking speculating, yeah. You probably get a high percentage of people who 
who have who struggle with the transition at the end. So you got a higher percentage of them have been on tours, yeah. operational tours. You go, well, that's a fucking no-brainer. We even it isn't, it isn't, and it, it these are people who talk about. I haven't necessarily got PTSD, which is always PTSD. PTSD. Mm. Like, no, that's not the only mental illness that exists. Yeah, yeah. One of the things I realised is that um, when I, I found myself, you know, over the years, looking back fondly on tours, why do I look back fondly on what was like fucking hideous, man? Yeah, you know, don't get yeah, me wrong. Yeah, yeah. I did not enjoy it at the time. I did not enjoy it. But I did enjoy it. It's just, it's, I'm there. Yeah. I'm do a job, and, and that's it. But I look back, and go, man, I fucking wish I was back there. Even. Remember after the, the first tour, after the first Afghan tour, like, fuck, in between that, you, you yeah, in between yeah. that and the second tour, yeah. all I want to do is be back there. I didn't want to come back. Yeah. So like, why? So you did why four, is that? Eight and then thirteen. 13. Why is that? And it's I used to say because it's a simple like I do yeah, say yeah. it's a simple. That's like, what I love. Fucking black yeah. and white. Yeah. Black and white. Right? Mm. You know, if you're good at your job as well, it's second nature to it. So you don't even really have to worry about that. And and it's, you haven't got all the stresses of being back in the UK. Right, that is part of it. Part it's of a life sabbatical there. yeah exactly that is part of it even more so now with all social media information one bar but you get your in normal life but there's another part to it is that all the things that we're fond of in the military camaraderie comradeship flipping common bond mutual trust you know all that stuff it's like you, steroids you, on tour yeah that on tour that gets chucked through the roof yeah. it's like it cannot get any better yeah that kind of camaraderie and everything that entails cannot get any better so if you've experienced that at that those high 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 levels when you leave it becomes even harder to integrate not because you've been shot at not because you you know seen your mates blown up whatever but because you've you've experienced the the very highest of of a social of of what a society can exist that's what it is how human beings arguably it's very primal Yes, and, and I think that's you know with the type of individuals we are, we you know that's why it's uh, you know, incredibly uh, inspiring, and, and you know it, it's you leave and and you know I remember like going on tour or whatever, and then coming back, or you go on exercise and come back, and all you want to do is go on the piss with the blokes, and you know your friends and family are like, you've just been with them for that amount of time, like why do you now want to go on the piss with them? Surely you've run out of things to say and you're like no because it's a decompression element that we need to do um, so you know I did uh, Eric 13 over I was, I was probably the other side of where you are on, yeah. on the corridor you that my Gazni and all that oh uh, no that was no no, no, no south of Price mate so, so, so literally eastern flank so we had um, basically when the when the coalition runs out of people to put somewhere they call it like a battle box alright so it's a, it's the ops box Box. Oh, it's an ops box basically you don't have the fucking people to put there and it's really shit so you just call it an ops box so we're on a border of an ops box so essentially you just get all the fuckers coming in from the east coming up hitting the Helmand Helmand we were on the Helmand Riviera and they you know they come and smash us so it kept us busy and uh, I was doing the ANA mentoring um, so the ANA was actually there was a Kandak and it was only under us but because of that we were we were basically we turned up in an area there was a town uh, ghost town full of IDs no locals there mission clear the IDs bring the locals back you know, brilliant okay in six months yeah no, no problem alright 
Uh, so we turn up, obviously, you know, Terry Taliban cutting a bow, you know, putting IDs where he wants. You know, we start removing that, but that's very tricky. We then start bringing locals back. That's very tricky. We then still had a huge Taliban presence, you know, and it was on a cyclical basis. And they had wonderful roots in, and you know, it's basically like a playground. Um, so it's very reactive that tour, and unfortunately, we had some you know serious injuries and fatalities, and actually, you know, right at the end of my tour, because um, I basically uh, one para needed a, a, an officer to go on the next tour. I think he got injured or something. So we get this fastball. Right, one of you, one of the lieutenants, is going to go over to one para. And you're basically going to go on tour straight away. Who wants it? So the lieutenant's like, "Yeah, get me on that." I've just been in theatre five months, but yeah, get me on that without really thinking. And um, so I get lifted. I, I get the place and get lifted off the ground. And uh, yeah, basically the day that I step off the ground, I'm in I'm in uh, Bastion Scoff House, and uh, my flight was that evening back to the UK. Um, and uh, mate, Op Minimize comes on, oh, and I, I, you know, when you feel it, and I was like, it's fucking one of mine, it's one of my blokes. I rush out that scoff house, mate, and I run down to Two Paras Battle Group headquarters, and I go, who is it? And they were like, what? And I was like, who? It's one of ours. Who? Who is it? And they said the Zap number, and I knew exactly who that was. Like one of my blokes. So I literally fucking run back to the hospital, Nightingale HLS, and uh, Two Para guys are up there and they go uh, boss do you know him and I'm like yeah he's one of them they go okay can you identify the body oh, fucking, like, hell. fucking hell he's fucking dead he's fucking alive what the fuck they go yeah it's, and they were like fuck obviously they didn't mean to say body to me but they did yeah so anyway he comes off the uh, back of the lift uh, um, Mert and uh, put an ambulance and then you know those doors open I hadn't really prepared myself at all um, and you know at that time like it was just belt fed US guys because they're taking it they were doing a job in Sangin at yeah. the time doing a push up there okay horrendous so like you know Bastion Hospital's rammed it's chaos like absolute chaos and fucking Clara and fucking bits of kit everywhere um, and uh, yeah anyway lad comes off the back of the ambulance and I'm like yeah that's him and I was fine <laughs> turn around and I see everyone else's faces which were just like <laughs> and I was like I literally felt I was going to pass out and I went round the corner and I, I think I fucking just like dropped to my knees and just couldn't stop myself mm. and uh, so someone came around they were like right you're right and I was like yeah yeah and they go uh, okay he's gone in this is what's going to happen and I couldn't really hear them I just went into the hospital and I was like right he's in like, he's intensive care they're putting units for him and I just walked in mate up to the table and like like the PJs normally do so they were sort of used to having military people around but they didn't realise I wasn't a me medical person so I walked straight in and I was just like keeping my hand on him he was out he had to get restarted um, and yeah I kind of got that view of you know my guy until someone turned around and went who the fuck are you <laughs> and I just went oh, I'm his boss and they were like get outside so I then was outside you know they stabilised him to a point, but he was still in a coma essentially. And then he was in the, you know, main kind of area. And at that point, I was sort of going around the rest of the wards and seeing the blokes who I knew. You know, very different to how I remember them. And uh, 
anyway my flight was was flying that evening and all my kit and my bergen had been whatever and was on that lifter and the uh the medical staff were like oh are you uh lieutenant Norman andrew you need to get on your flight and i was like there's no fucking way i'm leaving it they're like right <laughs> so they escalated it got a major told me i was like i'm not fucking leaving it. they eventually get like the main guy and i was like there's no way i'm leaving I need to go I need to stay with them so they let to be fair they left me and they took my Bergen off the plane and uh, I don't know I, honestly mate I don't time just didn't exist then and then um, uh, they say right we're flying him back on Seacats so I heard straight back to Birmingham he'd just come off R&R &R. he'd had a two week year old child yeah so we we basically saved his R&R &R up right until the end and then uh, put him on R&R &R and uh, so he could see the you know, birth of his child uh, came right, back yeah, to Jersey yeah. and uh, yeah so so we went back to Birmingham um, that was fucking weird mate as well because you're on a seacast full of blokes in a coma but doctors working hammering tongs mate honestly no what? one on the plane on the plane no one sees us no one sees it Go on. well they don't like why would you because if you're on that plane you're either medical or you're a bloke in a coma getting worked on. So you're you're a guy that not operations though, huh? Not operations on the plane. Oh mate, they were like keeping blokes going, putting really? units through them. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They were working hard, no sleep, constantly on. I was like, fucking hell. No one sees that. And um, my uh, my I. Sisters, happy. So my brother-in-law was an airman. Phenomenal, honestly, phenomenal. I just, yeah. I mean, the work capacity of them, the concentration. Like, bearing in mind, you got turbulence and everything else. You know, they had like knives out and doing stuff, and they they kept them all going, mate. Anyway, landed in Birmingham. I think it was early doors on a like weekday. Landed Birmingham Hospital. You know, hurt just. Really? Yeah. But on the on the pan, Birmingham Birmingham Airport, sorry. Oh. So we landed, you know, the back goes down. It's fucking freezing cold in the UK. <laughs> hey, I'm generally like, still in the kit that I'm standing up in, like a U back and you know, yeah. all this sort of stuff. Goodness. And uh yeah, get in the back of a blue light ambulance and you have a police escort, all the motorbikes, and then you get blue lighted all the way to Queen Elizabeth. And then uh, you know, I sort of stayed with him all the way through go through the door and um, they go right and they literally pulled my hand off the gurney and they were like oh, that's it now and uh, his uncle was killed in the Falklands so I knew the family very well because wow. they come to Goose Green lunches so the f basically the, the med team or, or whoever it was turned to me and said the family know you've come back with them do you want to go and see them or, or they want to see you and I was like, well, if they want to see me, fine. I mean, I don't want to see, like, I, I don't know. I'd slept for days. Um, and basically they went, right, before you go in, you cannot say anything. Can't say anything medical, because you're not a medic. You, you basically can't say anything about the injuries. And you certainly can't say anything about his condition. And I'm like, okay. So I walk in, obviously, family devastated, asking questions, and I'm just sitting there being like, he's a mega bloke and he's you know it's good and, uh, 
But the problem is I'm the first face they see, so they always see me and remember. Yeah. So that was very hard as well later on. I didn't survive. No. So um, the family then went to see him and uh, basically put his child in his arms and he, he went. Um, uh, did he die in? He died in Afghan. He, no, he died in Birmingham. In, in Birmingham. So, um, yeah, and then basically the duty driver's there. I get in the car, get taken to Collie, get to my room at like 2 a.m. Your room's already boxed up, isn't it? Because no one wants to box your room if you're brownless. Um, next day, I get in my car and I drive to Wales. Turn up turn up in Wales, mate. First brief. Fucking hell, yeah, it's a bit long, isn't it? <laughs> Go get a haircut. All right. Uh, and by the way, the whole company's on on exercise so you're going to go and join them throw him straight back in mate four months later I'm back in theatre <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah which which was cathartic in a way because it's like and we were so reactionary on Herrick but on those tools you are proactive and fuck me if you want to get a job done especially with the shit that I went through you fucking got it done mm. um, and it was an incredible seven eight months um, you know we were basically doing the uplines that other forces would be doing in that group uh, we were very fortunate to get it um, but it's mainly down to the fact that you know all the guys there so we were a bootneck marine um, bootneck and reg kind of mix and rough no we didn't have those because we weren't in that company ah, okay. um, we took over from them um, but the uh, all those bootneck lads have been on Herrick 12 one before us and all the reg blokes have been through a few rotations so it was like we know what it's like we've lost blokes we've done the other part of the business you know we, we're seasoned now we know what we're getting up to and uh, mate I sort of came in with just like right this is it let's fucking go clearly in the most professional way possible but we had a job we were very good at doing it and it was a wonderful period of time and you sort of come off the back of that like long rotation you know and I've been over a three year period in Afghanistan um, and then you come back to crashing back down to reality um, and you know I remember reading a book called Scars of War all about the study of sort of you know American soldiers in Vietnam there's one bit that's you know really stuck with me. Scars of war. Scars of war. Yeah, by a guy called Hugh McManus. And uh, you know when you go to war, you take out a debt, and when you come home, you pay it back. Fucking hell, that resonated. Um, because that's very much what happens. You know, you come back off that adrenaline high for a long period of time. In that, you know, and and bearing in mind my second, that other tour was was incredibly punchy, and I lost guys on there, and I, things happened that were fairly significant. Um, and uh, you know you come back and you start processing that and you start going fuck my life's never going to be like that again mate I was 25 and I was like I'm, actually I remember going um, reading another book by a, a Second World War Spitfire pilot and actually going to see him speak in London and he talked about basically having a mental breakdown at 24 25 because he was like I've experienced more of life than I ever will again and I can't cope 
how do you how do you match it? Well, I, I, it just clearly, you know, that's a very different situation. But I felt in my own way. No, that's what I mean, I, I, that's what I mean. I mean, I, you know, I, 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 yeah, I understand what you're saying. So, uh, I did, I did. You're at war, twenty-two, and then twenty-one, and then the first Falcons. First Falcons. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, other boat. Okay, the two, first, uh, first Afghan Age was twenty. Well. Yeah. First Afghan was twenty four. Yeah. How would you? I completely. What? What? The thing is, you had on that one, Eric Four as well, mate. Like you, uh, you didn't know. Like at least I knew. Done Afghan. Shit's going to go down. With you guys, you were you were patrolling the floppy hats for the fucking first half. <laughs> no, we fucking well, you probably never put a helmet on, did you? Fucking been. No, been didn't you put CBA on? No, you've been the you've been the CBA. Mate, they were the. Well, C- the CBA is about as useful as putting a notepad in your. Pocket. That Eric Four Oh Six tour was like, it's the, it's just the best. I, I, I'm very fortunate in a way to have experienced the start of that campaign, and the end of the campaign, the transition through the whole thing from how how close to you know war kind of combat it can be. Mm. The transition all the way through to the a tour in the middle of the campaign, a tour toward the end, to the transition, not just in how the UK were dealing with things, or um, yeah, UK were dealing with things, and from kit we were issuing, the tactics we were taking, but also to the change in tactics adopted by the Taliban. Yeah, and that that first tour, um, didn't we have to start worrying about IEDs until towards no. the end? They were there. But we didn't. It wasn't. It didn't. The, the threat didn't override. It didn't. It wasn't, didn't dictate policy. Wasn't that big to go right now? Just cover ourselves yeah. in fucking body armor. Yeah, and, yeah. And valor. It wasn't yeah. like that. And we were going to. We were going to. There was a point in the tour where Tootle turned around and said, "Right, body armor. If you want to wear it, it's yeah, your, it's your command it's decision." Grapple's commander. Yeah. Hey, get on, and we yeah. get Chinooks land, and get off and be a pile of be a pile of body armor. We'd leave it. And yeah. We go in with no body armor. Yeah, because we could move faster. Because you're fighting people in dish dashes and fucking flip flops, mate. Yeah, there, I mean, there, there, there is a there is a balance. that worked then. It would yeah. not work now. But but also, you know, on on my latter tours, I'm wearing a plate carrier. Yeah. with a weapon that weighs as much as your mobile phone. Yeah, with yeah. a helmet that weighs yeah. as much as this. Oh, beer bottle. on the Marcos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, follow me, mate. I could I could run. I could throw, <laughs> yeah. I could kick doors in, I could actually yeah. do what I need to do as a soldier. Yeah. Uh, in Osprey, I mean, mate, on it, like getting off a knee, and you're doing that what, fifty times a patrol. Yeah. It's just, and and you know, Eric Thirteen was winter, so you're waterlogged fields. Yeah. You know, um, but on Eric Thirteen, we um, we're in a very heavily IED place and they could canalise us very well because they knew the routes of ingress and egress and everything else like we were very much playing in their backyard they knew it and so you know I don't care who you are or, or how much of a you know Sun Tzu you think you are you're not going to outwit someone whose backyard basics is is you know and they've dictated the land so we'd have to get very smart about how we do it and catching them in an ambush I only did it once You'd never catch them now. Impossible. Yeah, it's it's impossible. impossible. Um, never ever, you know, underestimate your enemy. But also, they knew exactly what our tactics were. But 
there are, there are points, significant points, on that tour where the policy of valoring everywhere you go went out the window because we couldn't do it. And if we had done it, it would have caused casualties and death. The way that you circumvent, and I said this, the blokes were, you know, we'd taken over from a, a unit that had a crunchy time. Now, I'd largely put it to them that they got lazy, they set patterns, and they didn't patrol towards the end of their tour. So the Taliban encroached onto the PV massively. And so lads were getting shot at the gate. There were IEDs 10 meters out of Sangers, all of that sort of stuff. That is not because the enemy has got better, it's because you have got worse. So we had to kind of push that back. The point is that the lads were shaken at the beginning. And they were like, fucking hell, literally, you're brief that you walk out the, day, the gate, you're going to get shot in the face and you're going to step on an IED. And I said, unless we're doing every patrol and we're coming back and we are licked and we're head to toe in water, I haven't done my job properly because if we're setting patterns, then that's how we get caught out. So we, we take the hardest route every time. Um, and we never found an IED with a Valon. We found 13 IEDs, I'm lucky for some. Um, but they're all done by ground sign and then, you know, confirmation. But, you know, they got so smart with their, you know, we had the like two CDs, ball bearings in between, tilt switch, all of those sort of things. You know, and then you get on a call and you call in, who are they, the counter ID guys? Hey, yeah, but they had, a, they had a name. Oh, the high, high, high risk search Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, I'd incredibly respectful. I had, uh, to, I had, uh, a uh, guy called Mickey Yule on mm. yeah, 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 yeah. He was a high risk, high yeah, risk yeah, yeah. Fucking double amputee. Yeah, yeah. Have you listened to that podcast? Yeah, I have. Yeah, like, what yeah. A fucking yeah, yeah. Always yeah, powerlifting, now, isn't he? That's it. Um, yeah, no, incredibly inspirational people, and, and a tremendous amount of courage because they are literally going from zero to a hundred quicker than a Bugatti Veyron. Whereas we're kind of patrolling every day, and we see it, and it's not too much of an increase in terms of stress and anxiety but for them it is I, I found I found it, sorry I found it, I found my my temperament on the tours just it was just calm yeah I, I just it, abnormal uh, I look back and it was a it was a, co- it was a coping mechanism yeah but it was just complete calm complete calm and and it would go down another two notches when shit hit the fan yeah 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 complete calm but that I mean you know that is weird well, well that it, hit me yeah. later on yeah that, yeah no it does and it, yeah and I kind of did the same because you never want to shout contact weight out on the net when you're flapping because <laughs> it panics the men it, it, that's it yeah. and you get rinsed oh, yeah. and I wasn't worried about oh god you know I was like catch your breath don't panic contact weight out <gasps> even when we're getting shot at it's like you've got to deliver it because the blokes will rinse you if you're like ah, contact weight <laughs> I elevated my voice. I did. I elevated my voice once doing mm. that once, and it was. Uh, I was gutted. Yeah. And it was picked up straight away. You never forget it. Stop flapping, fella. Calm the day, <laughs> and it was the last tour. And it was. Uh, what happened? I was. It was. I was in a. We're in a compound. I was. Uh, like in the compound. Um, I could see. We had, had the guys in the roof or on protection, and uh, on the roof of the walls, and uh, contact kicked off. And at the time, it was fucking stupidity. Not that it was three power. It was a, it was a, it was a, uh, a higher thing. Where they had when you report the contact, you had to say if it was green, amber, or red. Do you remember that? What? Oh mate. 
So if you report Sounds the contact, shit, it's courageous yeah, it's strength. stupid fucking shit. It wasn't again. It was like higher, higher. Like it was like a you got contact. I uh, contact fucking small arms, green or amber or red, and green, amber or red indicated how much of a threat the fire was. Yeah. Yeah. So as in how close to your troops was it? Was yeah, it indiscriminate? Yeah. I was like, but it's just fucking fucking contact to contact. But to be fair, you've been shot enough times to know actually if it is close or not. Yeah, I had. Yeah. But not on a fucking guy. No, no, you know what I mean? no, like, no, no, at that yeah, point, because yeah. of the way it's gone, probably thirty yeah. percent of. And you know what weapon system it is because of the way they're firing it, and if the <laughs> round's tumbling or if it's yeah, just a high yeah, velocity. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, fucking contact happens. This round is covered at the top of the compound. I like see like that. Uh, contact small arms red, and as I said red. <laughs> Stop flapping! <laughs> no, as I said, red. No, I was sound. I was calm. Mm. As I said, red. Uh, I forgot we recorded that. Chat. As I said, red. Um, more rounds got were fired and bounced off. They basically hit the wall in front of one of my guys in front of me. And the fucking wall. Yeah. And it was like, uh, so uh, contact small arms. Red. Very red. Very red. <laughs> very red. Very red. <laughs> Honest to God, <sighs> and then uh, I, th- I thought, oh no! And we fucking got into the contact. And blah, 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 go back to camp, and, it, and we had the OCs DB. Uh, Todd, have you come across? Toddy, Toddy the OC. Todd, never come across Toddy. That's a different podcast. <laughs> oh, right. that is a podcast. That I don't right. think. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> and they came out in the OCs debrief. Uh, the contact uh, was very, very red, very red, Sergeant here, <laughs> very red. Fuck off! Fuck off! <laughs> Yeah, you had some wonderful platoon commanders yeah. in that company as well. And, what's and two ICs. Oh, in uh, A company. In yeah. Toddy. Uh, yeah, I had. Uh... Shit, two of the platoon commanders. Can't remember platoon commanders. Two IC was clampy. Two IC was clampy. Yeah, who yeah. were platoon commanders? Let's just, let's just say nicknames. Kiss. Hig? Hig? No. If that, it's irrelevant. Yeah, 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 that calmness, and like I say, it would drop down two notches when when the shit hit the yeah. fan. That carried on into my civil life. So uh, if it was a, I mean, in inverted commas, a disaster, like one of my kids would fall over and fucking blood gushing everywhere, or fucking smash the yeah, leg yeah. in oh you come across mate I mean you know how many times I've come around the corner and there's fucking cyclists who knock off the bikes and they're being clipped yeah, yeah, by a yeah, car yeah, yeah. so yeah. those kind of things and go straight and it's my brain switches off yeah. like and the emotions switch off gone calm now yeah. I remember being a, like one cyclist pulled over pulled over rapid like, took the kids stay in the car kids car was like you walk out there start dealing with the casualty yeah, yeah. get back in thinking fucking hell yeah yeah, yeah yeah no it's really good yeah it's it's, it's, it's really bad yeah 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 and I guess you know it's the same as you like I really noticed it when um yeah when you're dealing with something because I obviously do London to you know St. Athens and, and Wales so you're on the M4 the amount of fucking collisions going on there Mate, uh, I, I had a trauma kit in the back actually I saw you Welsh actually, locker actually <laughs> I haven't done a speed awareness course recently only on. only five percent of all accidents are on motorways. They're the safest place to drive. Well, 5%. I'd see, I'd see if you, anyway, I'd see a few early, like early doors Monday morning. Well, 
On the pad of stick. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, there was this one, uh, you know, like, uh, someone had come off, hit hit the centre reservation, like airbag and everything else. They're, they're in clip, you know, very smashed up. I sort of still get back in the car. Absolutely, literally didn't think again about it. I get like, you know, the windy roads off the M4 in South Wales. Miss a turning, mate. I literally ripped the steering wheel out of the fucking socket and like fucking pounding the dashboard. I was like, she must have turning. I've literally and gone absolutely mental about it. Oh, really? Yeah, I was like, ah, uh, maybe, maybe I've got dramas. <laughs> oh, well, let's just park those because I've got to go on tour again. <laughs> yeah, yeah it'd be fine. You're still in. It'd be it's fine. Down. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, and the best way, yeah. Why am I sad? I've just been a you cry kid. I've, I've, you got to, you haven't got long, well, I think I've got long after the start of that soon, but one of the things, I want to hear your thoughts on this. Yeah. Um, one of my opinions on, uh, one of my, one of my opinions. Yeah. One of the things I always thought, and this is based on my own experiences, um, obviously, is that people who have had the responsibility of command um, in high, situations fire service police yeah. military tours yeah are more I think they're more susceptible more not susceptible more likely to suffer the effects of mental ill health as a result of those as a result of the experiences on tour and the reason I say that is that's based on my experience is that like calmness but I think that When you commander, your sense of responsibility and your, the, the, the pure amount of thinking you have to do constantly yeah. on tour, which is not a role revolves around your emotions, it revolves around tactics and strategy, your blokes, how to manage your blokes, how to manage your commanders, how to manage the other other commanders you're doing with other platoons and your platoon commanders, how to do with the company commander, you know, what's happening in the future, how do I, how do, it's all about. The real picture, tactical situation on the ground. How am I going to achieve the next mission? How do I plan for it? And also, how do I deal with? How, how do I man manage? You know, that, I think that was one of the most hardest man management tasks ever. Manage a task. Just, just the emotional side yeah. alone. How to get the bestie blokes on a fucking tour like that? All your ladies, you know. Yeah. Um, and so I think that emotions are, are much less addressed by people in command positions or positions of high responsibility. So uh, an R, an on RQMS, a CQMS, for example, or a, some, or, a, or a fucking signaler, yeah, yeah, for example, yeah. high position responsibility. Don't get a lot of time themselves to fucking to not to think, but to be aware of what's going on. Yeah. Whereas as a Tom, you do get that time. Yeah. So I, so I think that commanders are, are much more susceptible to mental ill health. I, that may be wrong. Delayed that's onset. Just me saying. Delayed onset. I think you're delayed right. onset. Yeah. yeah. But also, you know, yeah, the bloke goes on the ground comes back he's clearing his muckers bed space and then he has to look at the empty bed space yeah. and his mate that he went through depot with is no longer there and he focuses on that mm. and that's fucking hard mm. and he's got to motivate himself every single day to go and do the job that you know in that instance I was standing in front of them and telling them that's what was going to happen mm. and this is a reason we're doing it and end of the day the blokes are like I'm fucking bored of listening to him um, how long am I going to be on the ground for? What do I need to take? And am I going to get fucking killed this time? And I think, you know, I was in a, a phenomenally fortunate 
position to being commander, paratroopers and, and latterly marines um, and, and other units as well and seeing how that all gels together but I was incredibly cognizant of the emotional response of individuals and the pressures that they're under and what they were under uh, or, or how how because we're all part of the same situation but in terms of how that affects us was very different because people have different roles in what happened or you know for some reason I was involved in some very like significant things that fucking went wrong and it wasn't anyone's fault it was just another fucking day in Africa um, and you know we were called to certain things that were ended up being a lot more graphic and, and crunchy than we thought they would be um, but we're also putting ourselves out there to be in that position I'm talking about you know the other the other tools after Area 13 um, and you know coming back and kind of doing a bit of a when you're doing a debrief you know looking around the blokes and being like right well let's just have a fucking chat how do you think that went or or how are you feeling about that? We've just seen this happen. It's it's not pleasant. Um, and we were kind of doing that organically. And I think okay. that was crucially important because I'd seen what happened on my first tour. Okay. Um, did I do it right? Did I do it wrong? I don't fucking know. I've not heard that being done before. Yeah. To be fair, sense, yeah. Yeah. Because I was just like, you know, it's, it's, it's very un what we were doing to do that. Um, and then we had, we had like some fucking site nurse come up to, because we'd been involved in a few incidents and, and yeah, unfortunately there were casualties. Um, and we had one of these site nurse, like trim practitioners come into the unit um, and they sort of came in and I remember this bloke fucking sitting there and going, yeah, so uh, uh, how are you guys feeling? And and then- The I, trim practitioner said that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like Jen, like a pasty, male fat bloke in a U-back shirt and all the blokes were like boss is this Jen and I was like just fucking go along with it it's for your own good so we sort of went along with it and then I think I was getting the most annoyed with him because then he go mate and the thing that fucking turned it for me was he goes he goes yeah well you know um, if, any, if you have problems you know I think there's like you know there's a really nice scoff house that you got here and we were like yeah yeah no it's actually the chef's Take out blind and do really well. Yeah, well, you know, if you're cutting into your state tonight and you're thinking, and I was like, you fucking shut up. I was oh like, God. are you fucking mental? Jesus Christ. So I start saying that shit because that's Jesus just going to be embellished Christ. in my fucking Except brain. And now I can't me. eat fucking steak. You dick! <laughs> that's all I look forward to. Um, so those sort of things, you know, are, are quite important. But I, but I think, you know, doing, just, just being like, uh, and we couldn't do it every time you know there is a time where you just got to pull up trousers and go right and fucking crack up oh yeah absolutely time and place um, and, and those and again the, the those kind of uh, addressing the, the emotional aspect of dealing with trauma fucking trauma mm-hmm. uh, traumatic events I should say traumatic events like and, and sorry just on the just on the traumatic events, you and I would admit perhaps previously say traumatic event. Uh, what's that traumatic? Uh, well, I've not I lost a leg. I've never been shot. Uh, no, I've not. I've had any traumatic events. Now, when I went through my, my first time I went into cancer, 
and uh, I was she the lady she said she said I can't remember she came up anyway ended up talking around Mac and stuff and she, I decided I can't fucking I, I don't understand why I'm the way I am I've got no issue you know, I just talk you know I don't understand why this is happening and she said but, but can you understand what you're talking about as traumatic events I said it's not yeah. It's not. I don't see it. I, I, said, I can understand how it could be seen as that. Yeah, but, but that's me, not what it is. Not for I, me, it's not. Yeah. She went, no, it's you consciously, yeah, on a subconscious yeah, yeah. level. It is that is just like a baseball bat to the head. Bam. Yeah. You know? And and it's different for different people. Yeah. yeah. Know, some people can go over and nearly get hit by a car, but not get hit by the car because the car threw it out the way, and they'll get fucking PTSD. Yeah, yeah. Or they'll be they'll have anxiety for the rest of their life or something. You know. Other yeah. people, you and I know them can go and do three, four tours of Afghan, be yeah. in every fucking drama that ever hit the news, right? Yeah. And be walking around like they fucking did be a postman. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I'll to that. Trauma. Oh, yeah. So, I'll go on to that. Traumatic events. Uh, well, just in terms of how one processes it, and I think it's all different for each individual. Oh, so, yeah. So, the, dealing with the traumatic stuff on an emotional level, that, that, that gets, that is sort of achieved naturally uh, at a buddy buddy muckers muckers level you know in the in the pit in the basher at the end of the, the end of the contact but I've not heard of it being done at, a, at that too commander level yeah. I'm not saying I, 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 I had to do it mate like end of the day you, you know you come off the I'm ground I'm not saying it's wrong no 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 I know but like it's 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 crazy that it didn't happen more because yeah. invariably we'd be on the ground we'd come back and you know um, we'd be like right well, that's debrief of the patrol and then you know, go and do what you need to do, happen to yourself and, you know, burst into flames and, you know, go and get scoffed. Come back. Um, you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll literally brief you on what's going to happen tomorrow and then we'll go out on the ground again. It's Something's got to give. That is the problem. That's Something's got to give. That is the thing. You, yeah. You've got to, you've got to, you've got to, you, it's a, it's a fine line between trying to uh, address any issues the blokes may have but also keeping the mindset that, keep the fear away Keep the keep the fear away in the mindset. Of it. It's about okay. So how are you feeling? You know, not, I'm, I was yeah, yeah. How are you feeling? Your mate's just been killed. Cool. Right. <laughs> uh, four four a.m. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, We're out the door at four yeah, thirty. Yeah. We're gonna be doing the same shit again, the same yeah. area. It's just, it might be you. <laughs> it might be uh, you. Here's here's a set of dice. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think you know you just got to be. Going back to what we spoke about right at the beginning, like, you know, I, I think you do feel a bit of the, the weight on your shoulders from a leadership position. and But you know, not at the time, though. Not the time, no, not at the time, but like, you know, why why did I want to join a unit like the Parachute Regiment? Because I knew that they were going to be, you know, in, at the, at, the, at the tip and at the front end, and I knew I'd get the experience that I wanted to, well, I wanted to deploy. Fuck me, I got that. <laughs> um, you never know how it's going to go down. Um, mate, you need to drink quicker. Fuck me, do you want one more? No, we don't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, I pissed my pants <laughs> Um Yeah, so like you know, you, you're you're in a position, and I think you've just got to. It's not just you know, take your blokes out every day and giving them orders and doing stuff. It's it's all the other things that go with it. Just just being a fucking bloke, and just being. You know, understanding that people process things in different ways, and you know, you you've basically been given a tool set, an amazing tool set, 
and you use different tools for different jobs. Um, and yeah, I had a phenomenal time. I left at the right time, uh, joined Civvy Street, and I'm trying to act like a normal person. Doing well. <laughs> He's too good looking for normal person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get the yellow pages out, mate, maybe. Um, what have we missed? What, what do you, well, shameless plug opportunity. Shameless plug, which obviously support our powers. Um, I think, well, I know that if anyone is struggling or if anyone just doesn't know where to go, has run out of options, or even if you feel you're getting close to that, then support our powers, go on the website, all the contact information's there. It's through the regimental headquarters. It's, it's run in uh, an incredible way by an incredible amount of people that dedicate their lives to the support of people who, who are serving and have served. Yeah, so so to because we're a pair of I didn't realize, but we're a pair of people who have been helped by support of parents. Yeah, and um, so on that, what people like one of the issues is people don't realize how much help is available to them. Yeah. Okay, not just financial, from fucking look for work to look, all sorts of shit from from food vouchers, you know, all sorts of stuff. Okay, so an easy way to to, to get a handle on all that is if you've got a issue or. Got an issue, or maybe you got to maybe use some business advice. It's not just for when you're on your ass, yeah, yeah. right? Get on to some water powers, get on to Power Edge HQ, yeah. Laura McFully, me, yeah, I don't want to bet she fucking saved my yeah, skin yeah. a bunch of times, yeah, yeah. Um, that's for us, but in line with, with other people who aren't Power Edge who listen to this, one reason you've got the RMA, the Royal Mutual Association, yeah. First point of call if you don't, if you've got a problem, if you've got an issue, you're not quite sure what the fuck is going on, you just need. You just need some advice on anything. Your first point of call needs to be your your regiment, your regiment, your, your unit. Or your and unit. Then, well, this is the thing. So I've referred. You know, they're not just power edge people that I speak to, or have spoken to me. And if you go through, you go through the regimental system. And by the way, funnily enough, our welfare, the reg welfare system, knows all the other welfare systems. Um, so they can just plug you in. I was about, I was about to say, all like the experience we have, which is mega with power edge may not be excused how the units have I heard yeah. of last week I, I can't remember which unit it was um, but they were getting nowhere it was a minor issue but they were getting nowhere with their um, their, their welfare officer exactly who you said if you ain't getting someone with your regiment association ring someone else yeah because yeah. all those you will find a, a, dec- a decent person we all know exactly like you say the same contact they will point you in the right direction yeah point you in the right direction um, certainly advocate that and then I guess just like um you know, it's a it's you, you leave the the army regardless of unit with a big puffed out chest and and then that gets deflated when you leave. I don't care who you are, and it's harder for blokes higher up the chain. Um, and I think we should all be there to support each other and help each other transition. And you know, my door's always open. Um, pop my details on the site. Hit me on Instagram. Instabook. Instabook. <laughs> yeah. Hit me on that if you if you you know want anything or. If you think I can help in any way, um, but you know people like Sinita's uh, Girls, Fight or Perish. Oh, Fight or Perish! Big fan of Fight or Perish. I go on. Who? Wait, well, that's Reg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. Yes. Where is my CQ at Wampa? Is it still in? Yes. Right, we'll talk about that after. Yes. So Fight or Perish. Okay. Fight or Perish. Fight or. Oh no, yeah, Fight yeah, or yeah, Perish. Yeah. Yeah. Fight or Perish. Yeah, that's no, awesome. Um, probably a I bit. I've been in comms with him on. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. 
push up. I'm sure he's two on the podcast. No, you haven't. No, he's still there. He's still there. Um, he hasn't. But he's yeah. commissioned. We'll talk about that later. Um, big shout out to Two Para, currently in Kabul. Um, my Fuck mate, Two Para, mate. I Fuck joined. Two Para. Shut no. Up. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> mate, Two Para. I'm joking, Bluesers. <laughs> two Para, Platoon Commander. Uh, my OC in Two Para is now the CA. Who is it? Well, you'll know him as well. The same, isn't it? Beyond Captain Airborne. Oh, oh, <laughs> Rimmer. No, Matt Taylor. Rimmer. <laughs> looks like oh, Rimmer talk- off a of red one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like never Fucking heard that. Hell. Yeah, mate, you can you can I tell him, him that when you playing rugby. Yeah, Reggie was not impressed. He was not impressed. Uh, so two para CO. Yeah, Rimmer. It's Matt Taylor. Enjoy that one, yeah, two yeah. para yeah, Rimmer. I'm sure they will. Uh, so they're obviously doing their uh, Kabul security force at the moment yeah. so stay safe uh, stay safe they're also doing their own charity stuff I believe Scott Ratcliffe's heading that up so shout out to him and his efforts I think you can go through support our powers and find out what they're doing they're basically tabbing the equivalent back from Kabul to UK right. yeah on treadmills where you can treat yourself yeah um, and uh yeah, I think that's about it. Really, just uh, shout out to the bloke serving and, and past and present. And if you need any help, give me a shout. Your company is IOSEC. IOSEC. UK. IOSEC.UK. Yeah. Happy? Or get me on the Instabook. <laughs> well, I enjoyed that. Yeah, same. Cheers, we'll do it again. Cheers, mate. Sweet. That's it. Thank you for listening. You can help support the podcast by leaving us a review on iTunes or even becoming a Patreon supporter. Go to patreon.com forward slash HR. Um, in fact, I won't spell it out. There are flipping links on the website. Go to charliecharlie1.com and hit, and hit become a patron. You get all sorts of perks. You get access to the podcast early. You get access to freebies that other people don't get. Um, so yeah, do that please. Uh, another thank you to the podcast sponsors West Winnesan giving up to 20% discount off purchases for military and ex-military personnel the UK's largest Nissan dealership the managing director is military ex-military himself and served with the Queen's Reg and he's one of my favourite people on the planet an absolute gentleman man Tony Lewis thank you to those guys and all of West Winnesan and your wonderful wonderful staff uk. And finally, another thank you to Rugby for Heroes. Um, Rugby for Heroes, who, through Mikey Valance and the other guys and, and support team there, organise the fundraising events to raise money for military charities, doing amazing work. There's loads of events on at the minute. There's loads of events in the pipeline. The next one's on the 23rd of November, Invitational Rugby Match at the Old Limitonians RSC, kickoff at 1pm. I will see you there. Go to Rugby Number Four Heroes, so at Rugby Number Four Heroes on social media to get details on that event and future events. They raise loads of money. They've been going for ten years, over ten years. They raise over a hundred thousand pounds. Get along, be a part of it. I'll see you there. That's it. Until next time. Out. <laughs>